Hi, I'm John DeBerry. I am a author, semi-retired bartender, drinks entrepreneur, and something that you may not know about me is that I spent two years right after college investigating allegations of police misconduct for the city of New York, and it was probably one of the wildest experiences of, of my whole life, and it has stayed with me to this day. What's up, y'all? I'm Jesse Sparks, and this is The One Recipe, the podcast that asks chefs and wonderful cooks the question, what is your one recipe? The one that never lets you down. The one you may or may not have memorized after making it so often. This week, we're raising a glass with John DeBerry. John is a semi-retired bartender, writer, and the author of the book, Drink What You Want, the subjective guide to making objectively delicious cocktails. John's best known for developing cocktails and leading bar programs at the iconic Speakeasy Please Don't Tell and Momofuku in New York City. Hey, John. Thank you so much for coming on. So glad to have you. Thanks for having me. Hi. So for people who don't know you, you are an amazing multitasker. I feel like anytime you come up in conversation, I'm always just like, how do you have so much time to live so many different lives? <laughs> um, you've juggled jobs, you've juggled hobbies. Uh, what's been one of your favorite jobs or hobbies that you've worked on? Oh, gosh. I mean, thank you for for characterizing it as, as multitasking. I like to think of it more as just like having such a fragmented brain that I just can't keep, can't stay on track for one thing for longer than like 20 minutes. So it's just like, I have to bounce around for between like 90 different things. But I, I guess I just like that I got to land in a job that's focused on providing like joy to people and kind of the art of living as, as sort of my professional currency, because like, that's always just been, something that's been very important to me is just like, how can you make the world a better place? And I think there's a lot of different ways to do that. And and one of those ways is to help people enjoy things and have amazing sensory experiences. And, and so it's been really cool to be able to concoct something in, you know, in my, in my house or in my brain or went back when I used to work at a bar and, and have kind of that immediate visceral reaction for people like, Oh, I made this thing and it like, made my day better or it changed my life or whatever, you know, or, or it didn't do anything. But uh, just to be being able to kind of have kind of that weird sense of like intimacy with a lot of people because you're serving them food and drinks uh, has been kind of the most rewarding part of my now decade plus career in, in hospitality and food. So after hearing all of that, I have to ask, what is your one recipe? Is it something a little boozy? Is it a non-alcoholic cocktail that's still a little cute? Can you tell me all about it? So my one recipe is the Stonewall Baby, and it's a cocktail that I created for my husband Michael's 40th birthday. He threw a party at, where at, at the bar where I work called PDT. stands for Please Don't Tell. It's a cocktail bar on uh, St. Mark's Place. Uh, and the, the drink itself is sort of like a riff on a whiskey sour. Um, but what makes it important and significant is that, well, A, I created it from, for my husband as a one of one of my birthday gifts, but also he was born on the literal day of the Stonewall riots, like wow. June twenty seventh, nineteen sixty nine. Like, like actually, <laughs> like actual literally, <laughs> when it was happening. Um, and there's a lot of different layers to the recipe. Like, one, it's just like a really good shaken bourbon drink with blueberry preserves and lemon juice and bitters. It is 
created in a very like, loving and festive context in terms of my husband's birthday and he bought out PDT for, for the occasion. And he actually like proposed to me in front of like my entire family and everyone I worked with and all my friends like during, during that party. So there's another <laughs> layer to it. And also the fact that, you know, for, for me, a recipe is, is obviously important from a functional, like instructional perspective, but also whenever there's added layers of meaning and significance and sort of stories you can tell wrapped up in that, it's when I think recipes become truly special. And it's not often that you can say, like, this is my go-to cocktail recipe, and it also makes me cry into it and mean right. it in a good way. It's like, <laughs> exactly. I'm, I'm, I'm crying into this cocktail because so many great feelings, so much history. Before we get moving on too, too much, can you tell me a little bit more about what PDT is for people who don't know? So PDT was a speakeasy that you could access through a hidden door in a hot dog restaurant on St. Mark's. And it was one of the first cocktail bars in New York City that was kind of on this vanguard of the cocktail renaissance that we kind of saw in the 2010s. And, and really randomly, I had a friend from college who was on the opening team and I sort of snuck in and it was a little bit before the bar really got a ton of exposure, uh, like in the press and everything. So I got the greatest you know, foot in the door in one of the best bars in the world. And that was kind of what started my career in, in hospitality. Something I really find so fascinating and also so just lovely about Stonewall Baby is that it's so straightforward, it's so accessible, it's so kind of grounded in itself. Yeah. Can you tell me a little bit more about the process of making it and how you chose to keep it both so simple but also so special? Yeah, I mean, the the thing about it is that even though I served it at PDT, it was never on the menu, so that pressure was, was off a little bit. It didn't go through the same quite as many levels of, of, of R&D and, and, and vetting that that most of my other drinks that went on the menu eventually did, which is nice because I think it's a, it's a lot of PDT drinks are not drinks you would really necessarily feel that great telling someone at home how to make because it's a lot of very specific ingredients and perhaps techniques that people aren't familiar with. The Stonewall Baby ultimately is a whiskey sour, but it just has a few cute little additions like the blueberry preserves and and bitters that makes it interesting enough, yet it doesn't ask too much of just someone at home who wants to make a nice drink for themselves on you know a, a Friday night. So it is two ounces of bourbon, three quarter ounces of fresh lemon juice, a quarter ounce of simple syrup, which is just equal parts dry sugar and, and water. A tablespoon of blueberry preserves and then a dash of Pichaud's bitters. And Pichaud's bitters is kind of this like cherry anise cocktail seasoning, essentially, that comes in these dasher bottles. Uh, and then you just combine everything in a shaker and shake everything with ice for like 20 seconds and then just strain it into a, a coupe. And then you just do a, a squeeze a lemon peel, like they get the oils from the lemon peel over the top. So you have the kind of aromatic uh, cloud of, of lemon oils over the top. And then that's it. Honestly, already obsessed with this, <laughs> ready to run out and make it now. Um, earlier, you mentioned just how much kind of research and thinking really goes into the process of developing a cocktail recipe like this. Can you tell me a little bit about what the R&D process was like for Stonewall Baby? For Stonewall Baby, I had, I had, it was actually very easy because I had a, a, a client, so to speak. I had, I had Michael, my husband, who was like, I want to drink with, he loves, he's a big bourbon drinker and he has a very fond memory of blueberries from growing up. And so he wanted to include those two things. 
And then, you know, you just kind of like work backwards, sideways from there in terms of like, well, you know, how do these, you know, how do you incorporate blueberries into a cocktail? Do you use fresh blueberries? Kind of a hassle. Blueberry preserves are really easy because they're consistent, very easy to find. And then I, I personally tend to love like shaken citrus drinks, uh, just as a matter of personal preference. So I just went with that. Uh, also it was for a party and you kind of generally want to have drinks that are, a little bit lighter uh, alcohol wise uh, for parties because people tend to just drink more freely if they're if they're not paying for the drinks. <laughs> and so so going with something that was shaken uh, with lemon juice was a nice way to to make it light and refreshing and and drinkable and, and also if you're working on a on a party you kind of need to have things that are a bit more accessible and I find that all booze drinks like Manhattans or Negronis like people love them and they're delicious but it, if you want to have a crowd pleaser it's usually a little easier to have something with with citrus because it's just it's just a little more friendly. It just sounds kind of like being welcomed into like a friend group. You don't really know the full conversation, but you don't really need to. You know, everyone's just having a good time. Yeah, it is very welcoming. So can you tell me a little bit more about how you met your husband? Oh, well, we actually met. It's, it's a place called Duvet in like 2006. It was like basically got like... There's like a episode of Sex in the City actually where they go to a bar that has beds in it and that's like based on this actual real life bar. It was like some Thursday night probably. And then my husband was there with like his best friend for like his birthday or something and I just like I'm like really I'm like a very creepy person so I'm just like the way that I indicate my interest in someone is just to stare at them maniacally until they I don't I don't even know what happens but basically I just was like yeah, yeah, and just looking for the look you know get the the eye contact and just like sidled up a little bit and just shimmying yeah just so you know you do look away and then someone's just like 10 feet closer and they didn't actually move it was like that oh yeah, yeah you yeah. know like I was just like yeah the little yeah like I'm not checking but I'm uh, checking so just cartoon villain my way over there <laughs> And I, I thought nothing was going to happen. I was like, this is, I was like, well, I got pretty clear signals that like, this was a no. And so a couple months go by and I don't know how old your, your listeners are, but the web 1.0 version of, of Grindr is called Manhunt. <laughs> wow. Just attack me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I was alive and present for Manhunt. <laughs> yeah. So I was on Manhunt, like on my like computer, oh, yeah. like. A couple months later, and I found him, and I was like, wait, how do I know this guy? And so we, like, started chatting, and he was like, I guess I'll go on a date with you. So we went on a date, and then that was it. Oh, that's amazing. Um, Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. I really, really appreciated talking to you about the Stonewall Baby, about your lovely, lovely love story. And I hope we can chat again soon. (laughs) Yeah, same here. Thank you. John DeBerry is the author of Drink What You Want, the subjective guide to making objectively delicious cocktails. You can find that recipe for the Stonewall cocktail on Instagram at the.one.recipe and at theonerecipe.org. This week's episode was made for you by producer Erica Romero, associate producer Ren Farrell, technical director Cameron Wiley, and digital producer James Napoli. Sally Swift is our managing producer. APM Studios executives in charge are Chandra Kavati, Alex Schaffer, and Joanne Griffith. Beth Perlman is our executive producer. The One Recipe was created by Sally Swift and Erica Romero. I'm Jesse Sparks. This is APM Studios. Go make some magic. <laughs>